You're listening to Halford and Bruff. I haven't been able to nail it down in the last 36 hours or 48 hours, but there seemed to be some conversation, I think, between Columbus, potentially in Vancouver. I think that's a really intriguing landing spot for someone like Bo Horvat. Kevin Woodley wouldn't shut up about this guy, about just like the length that he has and how he moves and all this stuff. And uh, most of it went over my head because when Woodley opens his mouth, I try and close my ears. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Good morning, Vancouver. 601 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. I was hoping you get Daniel Craig in there. Uh, you are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintec Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. This is the part where we say good morning to everybody. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Good morning, a dog. Good morning. And good morning to you, laddie. Hello. Uh, Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Jason's got big energy this morning. You're wearing a bright hat. That's a cool old Canucks hat you're wearing. Yeah, I decided to wear some Canucks gear this morning. It's very cool. It's the old skate logo for those of you that can't see. For those of you that can, that means you're watching on Sportsnet now, streaming live on the app. Yes, Greg? It looks like the one he was wearing uh, back from the mechanic store yesterday. That's right. He had the old retro hat on. That's right, yeah. I did wear it to the mechanic store. We had a hard day of work. Mechanicking. (laughs) Mechanicking. Mechanicking. Tell the people about Kintec. My good friend. They have the 1,500. Actually, sorry, over 1,500 five-star Google. Yeah, I wonder what the count is at now. Don't know. Uh, We are coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Big show ahead for Halbro on a Friday as we set you into the weekend. 6.30, Kevin Woodley, NHL.com. And In Goal Magazine is going to join us. Don't do what Faber does. Stick around, keep your ears open, and listen to Woodley. We'll go through everything you need to know ahead of the Canucks and Kings tonight, 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena. We're going to be giving away, a dog. is this correct, not one, but two, count them, two pairs of tickets? That is correct. So Kevin Woodley at 6.30. Uh, we'll talk about the Canucks. We'll talk about Thatcher Demko. We'll talk about Spencer Martin. Who's going to get the start tonight, honestly? Who throws the shoe? Who gets the start tonight? Oh man, honestly, I think Demko, but it, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's crazy right now. That used to be my default response: is ah, they'll probably go with Demko, but I don't know anymore. They yeah. only have five wins, and he only has one of them. It's a pretty so. good time to have Kevin Woodley on them. Yep, Kevin Woodley, six thirty-seven o'clock. Brady Henderson, no Seahawks game this weekend. They of course are on a bye because they went to Germania last weekend. But we will talk to Brady, uh, kind of like a mid-season. We'll take, we'll take stock of where the Seahawks are at and what they're doing and how they've done it. I do want to ask that question. How big an opportunity was it blown in Munich against a very average Bucks team, at least in my opinion? So we'll talk to Brady about that at 7 o'clock. You're turning into me with your... You're, you're I'm not gre- turning into Your you. greediness and like your unwillingness to look at the positives... Mm, that's you, where you're going you, with this. You've, okay, de- yeah. you've decided to, uh, like, it's their bye week, so it's a good time to reflect <laughs> on the first part of the season. Make a vision board for the second half. Who the hell expected the Seahawks to be 6-4 and four 
And you're going to uh, be like, who expected the Seahawks to beat the Buccaneers in Munich? This guy. Uh, not the books. Yeah, the book was dumb. The but book, ultimately, the, the odds makers had Tampa as, as the favorite. So you're going to focus on the negatives when the Seahawks season has been 90% positive. I'm okay, gonna f- that's fine. I'm going to focus. You're on- officially a sports media member. That's I, cool. I'm Well, I thought I was before this, no. but I suppose I'm in now. 7 o'clock, Brady Henderson, ESPN's NFL Nation, to talk a little Seahawks. 7.30, uh, Alex Foss, play-by-play man of the Los Angeles Kings. He's going to join us to talk about tonight's opponent, the Los Angeles Kings, who are off to a pretty good start to this season. They're second in the Pacific Division, only behind the red-hot Vegas Golden Knights. We'll talk to Alex about uh, everything that this team has done up till this point. Uh, They've got a goaltending question tonight as well. Cal Peterson played the previous game in Edmonton, so we'll ask Alex about all that at 7.30. 8 o'clock, it's the Moj, a Moj fact. He's going to be coming on at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we can look ahead to the Grey Cup this weekend. I guess the big question is if Zach Caleros is going to play or not. Uh, hasn't practiced yet up into the lead-up to Sunday's game. We can also go around the NFL with Moj as well. Well, I think we should talk more with, with Moj about Nathan Rourke. Right, of course, Nathan Rourke, yeah. Uh, about his um, NFL chances and, I guess... My biggest question right now is, what's the Lions' backup plan? Right. Where do they go to plan B if Rourke's not back next year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll talk to Moj at 8 about that. Alex Faust at 7.30. Brady Henderson at 7. Kevin Woodley at 6.30. Uh, the Canucks-Kings game tonight, it is the only NHL game on the ledger. Almost everybody played last night. So everyone else gets a night off except for the Canucks and the Kings. Uh, there's 11 NBA games. It's Ask Us Anything Friday. Don't forget about that. So we're going to give away tickets to Andy. You're giggling. What's so funny? Tell me. Tell me. Tell he me. He was actually like giggling giddily. You <laughs> did um, his mic on. <laughs> Ruff just did a funny sound and then you repeated him. And <laughs> it was like there was like a rhythm to it. So I've repeated it over and over and now it sounds like a song. But I, I can't share it with you. Okay. Maybe later. Uh, we Keep do have busy a- back there, are you boys? <laughs> yeah. We're working hard. Working hard over here. <laughs> do you want to have a book or something? No, 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 no. That, that's later. <laughs> working hard at the old mechanical shop. There's Andy. Okay. Um, we're going to give away one set of tickets to the, <laughs> the best Photoshop. And we've already got a really strong entry on Twitter from Alistair, which is... It's something. Have you seen it yet? It's you featured prominently. I, I don't think Twitter works anymore. I'll be right. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Twitter might not be done. I mean, it might be done by the time that we're done today. So we're gonna grasp onto it with every last vestige that we have. Um, one set of tickets is gonna go to the best Photoshop Halbro related. The second one will go to the best Ask Us Anything Dunbar Lumber Text Line six fifty six fifty. It is the Smalt alternative. I don't think we have the capabilities to get pictures here at six fifty six fifty in the in basket. We just don't do any of them. The JPEGs, any of it. We don't do it. So you're going to have to send those to us on Twitter. He's at Sad Club Commish. I'm at Mike Halford 604. I don't know your guys' handles because I refuse to follow you. And then uh, Sports at, at Andy Cole 1984. <laughs> right. And Greg, what's yours? At Goalie it's or my something? name, oh, at Greg Ballack. Okay. And then, of course, at Sportsnet 650. We're also going to do our Play Now Locks of the Week today as well. So it is a big Friday show. Uh, we're going to kick things off, though. By telling you what happened yesterday. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was. We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? You missed that? What happened? 
Uh, what's, let's start with the Vancouver Canucks. They returned to practice yesterday at Rogers Arena, went through the motions ahead of tonight's. I shouldn't say it like that, but they did go through the motions ahead of tonight's game against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the lines at practice, they kind of are what you would have expected. Garland and Miller between Horvat. Pedersen is centering Kuzmenko and Mikhaev. Podkolzin uh, is back. His face looks does look worse for wear. And his, his wife said that... Uh, Upon looking at his face after getting beaten up by A.J. Greer, you know, what, what did she think of your eye and your face? And she replied, you're an idiot. So that was nice. Yeah, she should have gone like, is A.J. single? <laughs> <laughs> Who is A.J.? I would like to meet. Uh, finally, fourth line is Joshua Amon and then Lockwood and Hoaglander taking spins on the wing there. Uh, blue line, OEL and Ethan Bear, Quinn Hughes and Luke Shen. Riley Stillman and Tyler Myers, and that means Rathbone and Burroughs are once again on the outside looking in. Yes. How is Burroughs on, on the outside looking in again? He, I, he's, he's on the fourth just, pair with okay. Rathbone. Uh, the Bone Burroughs. Bone Burroughs. How appropriate. Chris Faber had the best uh, Twitter timeline yesterday from the Canucks practice, and I want to go through it. Okay. Uh, so, Chris, his first tweet goes, The coach pulls all the players together and gives them some strong words. Bruce Boudreaux had to explain what quote-unquote battling is to the group and how they can't take three times to get the puck out and need to work on that harder in practice. Yeah, that was the cool moment. All right, guys, first of all, let's discuss what is really battling. It was worrying because they started writing it down on notepads. Yeah, they're like, how do you spell that? (laughs) Webster's Dictionary Dictionary defines battle as... (laughs) And so the second part was... Uh, Boudreaux going, you can't take three times to get the puck out. I can see someone like, what about two times? Can yeah. you take two times to get the puck out? Is that, uh, is this coaching? Like, honestly, is this, is this, I'm not, I'm not honestly, uh, trying to pick on Bruce Boudreaux here, but this is the NHL and mm-hmm. the message is like, you got to battle harder and you got to get the puck out. No, no, no. You got to get the puck out uh, either on the first or second attempt. You can't take three. Did Bruce provide any um, uh, direction on how to get the puck out? Maybe some better ways to get the puck out as opposed to being like, guys, <laughs> you got you to get the puck out. What, what were, honestly, what were the Canucks like? Oh, oh, out. Mm-hmm. Out. We don't want to keep the puck in. I and get it. And we do battle? Yeah. Is that we where we don't battle? Like I can't. I can't. At any rate, uh, Faber went on to say that there was a lot of darn in there, uh, so I don't know if that meant he was saying darn a lot or if he was swearing. Right. Um, and then this one was really interesting. This third tweet by Chris Faber, mm-hmm. doing some great work as a beat writer at Canucks practice. He noticed that the banners. At either end of Rogers Arena, and Halford hasn't seen these in years because he doesn't go to games. They have banners? They have banners, and they used to have players on the banners, like big pictures of like Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and Thatcher Demko, and, and I think on the other side there was probably like Horvat, or I don't know who was on the banners. But those have just been replaced by Canucks logos. Dun, dun, so dun. one is a big Canucks logo, and the other – is a Canucks logo with some Rogers branding on it. Yeah. So, if you want to take the whole "this is nothing" approach, you guys are making something out of nothing. It could be that the Canucks just signed a, a long-term deal with Rogers, our bosses, 
and they wanted to put at least one banner there that had big Rogers branding, to which I will ask, what about the other logo? They could have done a second Rogers banner, really. That would have been the smart thing. So is this management just like messing with the players? Is this like a psychological warfare? I I actually wondered the other day about about this because um, I think I was driving by the arena and they had some player posters outside, not like massive ones, and uh, or they were big ones. And I had wondered about this before. Like, how do you trade the captain midseason? So it went beyond the posters. It went into, you know, those big videos that they do before the season? Like, they're a big production. Yep. And they run the pregame, and I, I can't remember what the Canucks one is this year. It's been like zombies before or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and uh, superheroes or, or whatever. But Dragons. Like, Dragons just, are hot right now. Do you just edit out Do you edit out the players that have been traded? Yeah. Is, how much of a factor is that when you're running an organization like, and you're thinking of trading one of your – more high-profile players. I mean, this is the captain, right? The, the captain of the hockey team. Do you have to be like, hey, we've got to connect with promotions. We've got to connect with, like, the. do they still make programs? I don't know if they make programs anymore. Like, the, the I little, no like, idea, handheld right? like, schedules and stuff. I'm sure Bo's on there. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. Uh, I feel like that shouldn't hold up anything operationally. No, it I don't shouldn't know. hold up crazy. anything operationally, <laughs> but it's. I think it's a big deal because there's more of this stuff done than there used to be. Anyway. I thought it was interesting. Congratulations to Chris Faber for actually doing some interesting work at a Canucks practice as opposed to like, who's uh, playing with this guy? I mean, that has to be done, but this stuff was was good stuff from Faber, and I think it gave us a lot to uh, discuss right now because we're all wondering right now. Mm-hmm. We're all going like, what What are they going to do? Yeah. What's, what's going to happen? Well, I have no idea. Yeah, I do think that the um, – there's obviously – it's obviously a trying time for everyone in the organization, and I think these are the times where even the most minute, uh, seemingly innocuous m- movements or motions uh, get blown up and blown into a bigger story than they are. The other part of it, too, is that this is an organization that since Rutherford and Alvin have taken over, there hasn't been an awful lot of leaks or people being able to penetrate the information bubble and get things out of them. Now you're starting to see things a little bit more and more. And again, you also have to take into consideration who this information is coming from, where it's being published, the veracity and the detail in which it's being published with. For example, yesterday, Ottawa Sun, Bruce Garriock pointed out in one of his columns that there's a report floating around that the Leafs are kicking the tires on Tyler Myers. Now, to which you have to say, one, why? Two, all right, you know, how seriously are they kicking the tires on him? I would imagine that the Leafs at this point are doing their due diligence across the National Hockey League to try and find blue liners, not unlike what Ottawa would Have you seen the right side of the Leafs' defense? It's currently Jordy Ben, Justin Hall, and Timothy Liljegren. Right. That is not a Stanley Cup contending blue line. Now, yeah. people will push back and be like, yeah, you add Tyler Myers to that? Guess what? Still not a Stanley Cup contending yeah. blue line. But if you were able to get Tyler Myers... And the Canucks were to possibly consider retaining salary. I'd be curious to see what the Leafs would be would be um, willing to put into a trade for any defenseman at this point. I mean, if they're if they're targeting Jacob Chikrin, that's that's a little bit of a different story. Obviously, they're going to be willing to give up a little bit more. But people can scoff at um, 
Well, Tyler Myers, why would they want? There's no one else out there, no, guys. Like, big, there's big no problem. one. There's no one else out there that's available and affordable. And like the the Canucks, look look at how hard the Canucks have been trying to upgrade their blue line. Ottawa's doing the same thing too. Those are just three teams in Canada. There are a bunch of teams trying to upgrade the blue line. It's very difficult, yeah. and sometimes beggars can't be choosers. Frank's, Frank Valley, who we had on the show yesterday, has a list up of right now what he would envision as the 10 best available defensemen via trade, and the second half of the list is guys that you look at and say, why would this team even part with them? Guys from Washington and Minnesota, teams that are firmly entrenched and trying to make the playoffs. It's a good point to bring up, though. Um, as the season progresses, the situation that pertains to the Vancouver Canucks right now is one that's league-wide. As you mentioned a couple shows ago, 19 teams operating in LTIR. So there's a lot of teams that have virtually no cap space to play with. They're going to have to do some serious flexing and maneuverability to get a deal in the door. Not a lot of players available for trade. Like, that's not just a Canucks problem. Right now, it's a Leafs problem. It's a Sens problem. Oftentimes, those teams, through desperation and a lack of other trade dance partners, whatever you want to call them, will get together and make a deal. The interesting thing from a Canucks perspective is if you look at it, removing Tyler Myers, hypothetically speaking only, removing Tyler Myers from the active roster probably makes you worse on a night-to-night basis because of the minutes that he plays and whatever. This is, this is aside from the defensive deficiencies and the gaffes and all that kind of stuff. It would make you worse on a night-to-night basis, but it would also make go a long way, a long way to clearing up some of these cap problems that they've been trying yeah. to solve for an awfully long time. I hope the Canucks aren't willing to retain on any of the Tyler Myers contract if they are going to trade it. Because In this that, market, he should be seen as an asset, right? Like, that should be an asset that another team has to pay for, not you're paying to get rid well, of. Well, it's more, it's more like I think he can you can fully get rid of that contract at the end of the season because he's only got one year left. If you retain, you have to retain on next year's term as well so if the Canucks are going to trade Tyler Myers I hope they're not like you know okay we'll retain on next season as well unless unless there's a really good piece coming back that's fair right I mean yeah different different versions of different deals can have okay we're going to pay a little bit of money going out but we're also going to get something good in return I think the big picture is one this actually floated to the surface to the point where it got published in the Ottawa Sun two We're starting to realize, and Patrick Johnson wrote about this in the province yesterday. You talked about it yesterday as well. Not just American Thanksgiving as a bar for whether you're in a playoff spot or not, but it's it's the first point of the season where you can start saying, okay, for real now, let's make a direction on where our trajectory is going to be. You know, if you look at the Canucks last year, they waited too long, and I think that's it's fair to say they waited too long to get rid of Travis Green and bring Boost Boudreau in the door, right? I think everyone can agree that it was about two to three weeks too late to the point where the Bruce bump couldn't salvage the season. Right now, the Canucks aren't even really at a pace to match last year's record when American Thanksgiving hit. Mm-hmm. Like, the Canucks right now need to go, I think it's four and four over their next eight games just to get to the level of where the Travis Green team was at last year at American Thanksgiving. They had to play 500 hockey, which you're like, they can do that. They haven't so far. They're, they haven't proven that they're a 500 hockey team. What yet. were the standings like last season? Because I feel like this season they're so depressed in the Western Conference that the Canucks are closer to the playoffs. Like when I look at some of the uh, uh, sites that uh, estimate the Canucks' odds mm-hmm. of making the playoffs, 
they're still like some of them are low at 20%, mm-hmm. but they could be lower, right? In, in my mind, they're lower than 20%. And I think you had one in the notes where it was like 40% or something Hockey like that. Hockeyviz.com had them at 39%. 39%? Has, yeah. hockey vi- does, has, has HockeyViz been watching the games? or Maybe they saw last year where it's like this team does eventually win some games. Well, and like they Hockey get their- Noviz, am I right? <laughs> oh, laddie. God, May- maybe there's some... Um, something in the model that goes, well, look at all the goals the Canucks are scoring mm-hmm. and their goaltending is bound to bounce back. I'm sure that probably has something to do with it. I mean, yeah. I would say the other part of this is that uh, the inevitability of going on a five, six, seven game win streak and vaulting yourself back into quote unquote playoff contention, that has to be taken into account, especially for a group that's been as streaky as this one has been. But right now, the facts remain. 75%, this is a rough estimate, but 75% of teams over the last decade or so, when they're in a playoff position at American Thanksgiving, they go on to make the playoffs. Those are the numbers. You can argue with them as much as you want. And yeah, that means 25% of the teams are the outliers and they get their way back in. The trying thing, and I think the real soul-searching thing for the Canucks organization is going to be, we can't keep doing this. This is the second year in a row where we've dug ourselves a huge hole, dig up, stupid, where we've mm-hmm. dug ourselves a huge hole and we play our way out of it. That's not a recipe for success. That's not sustainable hockey. That's not a good model. And you have to start looking at the group, the players, and the individuals that got you there. I think that's why in-season trades this time around might be more relevant than a coaching change. The problem is we come back to every time, it's super hard to make big, significant trades in-season. It's a lot easier to find a new head coach. Uh, so we'll, we're going to talk to Kevin Woodley in just a few minutes. Uh, so stick around for that because there's a lot of interesting questions to talk about um, in terms of the Vancouver Canucks and what is going on with Thatcher Demko. Who would Kevin Woodley start tonight against the LA Kings, Spencer Martin or Thatcher Demko? But going around the league, there are a ton of interesting goaltending stories as well, just in Alberta alone with yeah. Jacob Markstrom and uh, Jack Campbell. Both the starters in Alberta are kind of struggling. Um, I, I did want to mention this note, though, because this is an interesting note, and a lot of people are talking about this on Twitter and social media, whatever social media works these days. Mastodon. Um, alcohol will not be sold to fans at the World Cup's eight stadiums in Qatar after FIFA changed its policy two days before the start of of the tournament. Now, alcohol can still be sold in the FIFA fan festival, fan destinations, licensed venues, but <laughs> we're talking about Budweiser here. Mm-hmm. Major, major sponsor of the World Cup. Two days before the World Cup is supposed to start, apparently FIFA has acquiesced to the Qatari organizers. And they're going, okay, no beer at the stadiums. Yeah, I saw a tweet. Like, go- this is unreal. I saw a tweet going around that said, Qatar is now in the quote-unquote, what are you going to do, move the World Cup phase of things? Yeah. And that's exactly where they're at. Because Qatar the- has also announced that Qatar has already beaten Ecuador on <laughs> Sunday. Right. Like, you know what? We're not even going to pay the Ecuadorians. <laughs> We're just going to tell them that we beat them, and they can deal with it after that. Um So there's been a lot of confusion around this because some people have said, well, you can't drink in the stadiums at a lot of international like UEFA and FIFA events. Anyway, that is true. There's oftentimes not alcohol sales actually in like it's very different from a North American 
um, fan experience. There's not alcohol carols every five steps. I never realized how boring this game is. That's everyone from Qatar right now. Uh, But this is taking it a step further because essentially what happened was Budweiser, FIFA, and Qatar kind of found a middle ground about where can we have alcohol-friendly sections in and around the stadiums because, as you know, when fifty to 60,000 people show up, there's things like pre-gaming and tailgating and all these kinds of things where people get well-oiled before a match and then go in. 48 hours before the tournament was set to start, Guitar came in and said, remember all those plans that we had for outside festival-type seating where people can buy alcohol and all that? That's gone now. And I don't know what the knock-on effect is going to be. I imagine, I mean, I'm not dumb. It's just going to be a bunch of people just out there. Well, I'm kind of dumb, but there's going to be a bunch of people just out there doing it and then essentially challenging the authorities to stop them from drinking. And then I have no idea what that's going to look like. I bet it's not going to be good, though. Well, do you know where there's going to be drinking is at the Hollywood Theater. And Mike and I have now taken the lead on promoting England House. On Friday, November 25th, and that's going to be England versus USA at 11 a.m., and I think it's going to be a terrific atmosphere Mm -hmm. at Hollywood Theater. Hopefully, we get a lot of England supporters out. If the American supporters want to come out, fine, but you guys sit in the back. Andy, you can go. You're a dually. Yeah, you're a yank. You're a yank. This is true. I'm Uh, I'm very conflicted. The the, the uh, ticket sales on showpass.com uh, start at 10 a.m. this morning. So this is a message to all the England supporters out there. We're going to have all the England music playing. Vindaloo. Mm-hmm. It's coming home. Oh, yeah. Rule Britannia. Rule Britannia will just be playing at the intermission completely. Uh, It is now God Save the King, remember? Everyone needs to remember that. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know how everyone knows that Jason loves a good playlist, right? Mm -hmm. You're a mixtape guy back in the day. Jason and Jay Swing, who's putting on the event, they're working in conjunction for the JJ's. Yeah, the the England playlist. Yeah. I know you put together a good one before. Well, this will be well, like your so, Valentine's Day playlist, but better. Yeah, it, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's Friday, right? 11 a.m. Take half a day off work. Just Or don't don't even go to work that yeah, day, right? Take the full day. And uh, you lose can your stay job. with us. Yeah, Come lose your out. job. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> you have one the, life. Let's go. Yeah, just you got one life to live. and <laughs> Probably a mortgage, but whatever. Um, you're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Kevin Woodley is coming up next, and uh, it's a great time to talk goalies. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. You guys excited for the weekend, huh? Got any big weekend plans this weekend? I'm trying to get um, Interoffice banter up. I'm going to sleep. Okay. What are you going to do this weekend? You got plans yet? I'm going to the Cox game tonight. Oh, right. You're on with Joe Fan. Yeah, Joe Fan up in my blue-collar section. I'll be like... It's nice to come to a game after a hard day of work, eh, fellas? How about this sporting event, eh, boys? It's okay. We can swear up here. It's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Gosh, Don. Are we out of of touch? Is it us? (laughs) Is it us? 
I don't know. Uh, Alfred. <laughs> I liked it when the seats in the upper deck at the Pacific Coliseum were blue. It's true. These are, the blues are for the blue collars. No Excuse me, gentlemen, I notice these seats do not recline so well. Does anybody have any ideas of how to fix this? <laughs> uh, get that guy. <laughs> he doesn't belong here. Okay. Yeah, Riverdale. Okay, okay, focus. Focus. Halford and Ruff in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. It is the Canucks. It is the Kings. 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena tonight. If you want tickets to the game, we're giving away two sets of tickets. Now, here's the key. One of them is going to go to the best Ask Us Anything. How do you get into that grand prize draw? Text to 650-650. That is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Hashtag it AUA. Ask us anything. And add a ticket emoji. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's really only three steps. Figure it out. Uh, the other way you can do it, and this is a special one-time only, although we'll see how it goes. We want a Photoshop sent in, something Halbro-related. I can't remember who the guy was that did the one yesterday, but it was awesome. Somebody did one today already, and I should note we already have a Halbro memes Twitter account that followed us, so right. the competition is stiff. Yeah, it was, so here's the idea. Get creative, send something in. Uh, our Twitter handles, they're easy enough to find. They're only going to last for another 72 hours anyway. So get those in. You can tweet it at Sportsnet650. We'll check that one as well. Pair of tickets to go see the Canucks and Kings tonight, 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena. Speaking of tonight's game, our next guest is here to tee it all up from NHL.com and Ingoal Magazine. It is Kevin Woodley here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Woods? Uh, I have no idea what is going on through this intro, but I am just happy that Balak didn't queue up the uh, Chris Faber clip to introduce. Oh, that was in the intro. It was in the intro. Oh, I heard. Oh, I heard it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I heard it. As did my kid on my way on the way uh, to volleyball. Dad, that was really mean. Who is that? Don't worry, honey. It's nobody. Don't (laughs) worry, honey. We're just we're just gonna pull over for a bit. Daddy's gotta have a little bit of a cry (laughs) again. Okay, let's uh, focus on. T- if you say <laughs> focus game. one more time, let's focus on tonight. Well, we're we're not focused right now. We're uh, we're, we're loose. So, Kevin, uh, the uh, I just saw something on Twitter, and it was from MoneyPuck.com, and it said worst goalies as of Friday. Number one worst goalie in the NHL, according to the underlying stats, Elvis Merzlikens. Number two. Thatcher Demko, who has allowed, according to the stats, 10 more goals than he should have. Um, first of all, what do you think about Money Puck and the way they calculate this stuff? And has Thatcher Demko been the second worst goalie in the NHL this season? Okay, so um, the first part is not to let Demko off on the second part. But what do all the public analytics sites lack when it comes to goaltending? What, what, what piece of information? And, and the, the irony here is, um, for years I was told this information didn't matter by the analytics community, and I don't want to get into it because I, I didn't get into it at the time. There's no point now. But lateral passes, doesn't matter. We have enough data. Lateral passes don't matter. Like, they don't track it. Like, there is no accounting for lateral passes. And we now understand that it's one of the most significant aspects to scoring goals. Seam passes, back doors, plays across the middle that force a goaltender to rotate a complete 180 degrees from one side of the ice to the other before picking up the puck and making the save. So um, that's not accounted for in there. Uh, but the irony is he's still near the bottom 
uh, of the pack. When it comes to goals saved, that in part of that is is workload. Um, there are goalies that are worse. Elvis Merzlikens is one of them. Jack Campbell is another one. Um, but there are other guys who haven't played as much that have have numbers that are down there as well. As a matter of fact, two of them are coming into town tonight in Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick. I look more, uh, especially this early in the season, where um, you know just sample size is small and there's variance in sample size. I'm looking at adjusted save percentage. Uh, and listen, like none of this is pretty. He's still bottom 10, but there's a whole bunch more names that are sort of down in here, including both the Kings goalies, Freddie Anderson, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, you know, there's Jacob Markstrom is not that much further ahead. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, like, this is not excuse making. This is not what Thatcher Demko expected to be. And that is a big part of the sort of the weight that he's bearing right now, the heaviness that sort of surrounds this team and surrounds him and that he has to find a way mentally to overcome is just the expectations were so high because he was at the complete opposite of this spectrum when we look at the adjusted numbers. Um, you know, and again, it's funny because none of the adjusted public adjusted numbers, like you mentioned Money Puck and, and Natural Statric and all those ones, had him as high last year as Clearsight did because, again, they don't account for the – they miss some of the context of quality. Um, but in terms of general overall, like he's in, he's in the bottom ten right now and has to find a way to get out of it. And so, you know, does that start tonight? I can't, honestly can't tell you. Uh, I kind of thought a couple days ago it might not. I uh, saw some indications from Bruce yesterday, uh, both in terms of what he said and, and, frankly, as sort of the last guy to leave the locker room uh, yesterday, that it might be Demko. So um, we'll see. But the hardest part is sort of all the weight that comes with that number you threw out and sort of all the conversations around him being, a, whether it's bottom up or bottom 10 goalie, um, he, he has to hit reset, and you get you can't just erase what's happened. Like that's the thing; you have to live in the moment as a goaltender, and all all the weight of these first whatever twelve starts are still there. You can't pay attention to them, and yet you don't get to just start fresh and start over. and And that's what you have to do mentally. Like it's it's the easiest thing in the world to say next shot mentality, golf or goaltending, and yet it is the hardest thing to do. And that's a big part of what he's going through right now. It's there are things between the pipes that I see. Um, that are costing him right now, but I think for the most part, this is between the ears at this point. Have we seen goalies, top-level goalies, go through tough stretches like this before and bounce back? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Of course you have. I know um, the answer to this. I just want you to yeah, to, to, no, to make course, Canucks like, uh, fans feel better about this. Like, did didn't yeah, Connor he, Hellebuck go through some some rough stretches? Uh, in the last few years, and he's bounced back pretty well. I mean, last year was was one of them. Um, you know, again, in part defensive environment, but but he did not adjusted numbers at all. Didn't live up to sort of the reputation, and again, the standard he sets for himself. Um, and he's obviously having a hell of a bounce back early this season. So uh, th- there's plenty of like, listen, like um, like Roberto Luongo, like is in the Hall of Fame now. We all know that. Uh, ahead of Game 7 against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, let's not forget, that was 2011, so he already had a gold medal that he'd won for Canada in 2010. Was literally calling former goalie coaches for advice ahead of Game 7 because he was in one, and he was looking for people to help lift them out of it. Like, this happens. This happens to some of the best in the game. And it's sort of... It's never happened at Thatcher, and that's part of the learning curve. And again... 
Like, there's a heaviness that surrounds this team right now. We all sense it. Uh, it surrounds the coach and his future. Um, it, like, you can feel it every time you walk into the locker room. And so it's and, – and it's – and he feels it too. Like, the, like he's wearing this too. And so um, having never gone through that, it's sort of hard. It's hard to go out there and just play. The work hasn't stopped. Um, and that was how Luongo used to get out of it. He would just he would just start going out early. He would just start. He had drills that he liked that made him feel good about his game, and he just worked as hard, harder even late in his career than anyone else to make sure he found that feeling in practice and in games. Um, the problem I think right now for, for for Demko is he can do all that work in practice and feel good about his technique, but a lot of this is just read based and trusting the reads. And, you know, and, and frankly, given what's going on in front of him, being able to trust the reads and reset when they don't go right and then go back to trusting the reads. And mm-hmm. we've talked about the odd man rushes and playing the shooter, trusting that pass isn't going to get across. Gets harder and harder. I always used to point to Edmonton because they used to chew up and spit out goaltenders. I'm like, if you still think the goaltenders are the problem, this is back in the right around when they got rid of Dubnik. If you still think the goaltenders are the problem there, like, again, when – something is supposed to happen and someone else is supposed to take care of that back door and you square up on the shooter eight, nine, ten times that pass gets through, you're going to start leaning, right? Like, so that's, that's the challenge right now is just to sort of reset and continue to play your game and not try and cheat, not try and leave, not second guess what's happening in front of you. Just go out and play the game and not think about everything that's come before that might lead you to think, crap, I better cheat this pass because I'm not sure I can count on so-and-so to be there to, to, to break it up like he's supposed to within the system. Yeah, all of which is easier said than done, as you exactly. know. Um, does does ClearSight Analytics, um, can you kind of reverse engineer the best and the worst teams of defending against cross-seam passes? Because, listen, especially on the Canucks PK it looks very easy to go east-west on the Vancouver Canucks. Sometimes the passing lanes that open against this team are shockingly wide. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's just those are basically slot line plays, um, and and for you know you can sort it for power play, you can sort it for anything, and you can just sort of look at. Um, you know how many expected goals. I don't know that I have rate stats in front of me. Uh, but when, you know, it's kind of a, there's a couple filters here that are really good live radio. It's almost as good as counting. I'm trying to filter through and find them. Um, y- you can, I'm just trying to, t- <laughs> right no, it's, now. Fi- it's, it's fine. They're, I mean, in the, they're in the bottom third when it comes to giving those up. Now here's the one thing here. Here's the thing. Okay. Um, they're in the bottom third of giving them up, but part of that is because they're going in so fast, the rates aren't as high because they're not giving up four or five of them a power play. Right. They're giving up one <laughs> right. great A and the power play is yeah. over. Right. Yeah. Like, so um, it's, uh, it's happening fast. Like they're not giving up the, as many because the, the, the quality of which they're giving up is ending up in the back of the net rather quickly. And hey, and some of that, like, goal, like that's where goaltenders make a difference is on the PK. As hard as it is to, you know, um, when those seams are as open as they are, uh, and, and when guys aren't in the, this is the other one we talk about, like, man, like, and this is two years in a row. And I think this is personnel at times, like guys, it's not just being in the lane you're supposed to be in. 
not just to break up passes, but in terms of sight lines and shot blocking and goalies got this and you got that. Like, this is the system. This is how we play it. You're supposed to be in this lane, but you're also supposed to take that lane away for the puck. It's not just passing they don't. Um, it was a really egregious example, and I almost hesitate to to call it to, to be this specific. But, I mean, go back and look at the fourth goal the other night. Um, you talk about a lack of willingness to block a shot. Uh, it was like it was it was everything but a flamingo. It was egregious, and they don't have guys. They have guys that are, are getting in. They have guys that don't get in the right lanes on the PK, and then there are guys that even when they do, it doesn't matter because all they're doing in that lane is taking away the sight lines. They're not taking away the puck because they're just frankly not willing to block it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's turn our sights to Alberta, where. Both starters, Jacob Markstrom and Jack Campbell, um, have less than impressive numbers, but I think we can all agree that Jack Campbell's play has been the most concerning just because he hasn't shown that he can do it for this Edmonton Oilers team. He's new to the organization. Um, he, he has not gotten off to a good start there. He's gone as far to uh, call his play pathetic which is a pretty harsh self-assessment, but Oilers fans are probably like, yeah, that's that, that's pretty close. Uh, what are they going to do with Jack Campbell and Edmonton win? I think it's I think it's just going to like it's just going to take time. And listen, so I'm I said this at the time when I signed him. Like this is a guy who, when I look at these numbers and I grade out, you grade out the goaltenders relative to their environment. Um, he was in the 30s. Like his best two seasons were the last two in Toronto to earn this contract. And when you adjusted them for quality, because I don't know, like is the myth that Toronto's a wide open team still out there? Because it hasn't been true for, for several years now. They're a team that is a goaltender you want to play behind. They ain't going to get you out of the first round. Maybe it's because your summer ends early. But like defensively, in the regular season especially, they're really good. They, have a, they create a very good environment for goaltending. And relative to that environment, Jack graded out sort of high 30s, um, just above expected both years. And the odd part, uh, or I, 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 to me it would have been the scary part, the sort of red flag part, was that he got there in very different ways. The first year, very steady and consistent. Good, not great. Enough, you know, again, when you put it in the environment and the raw numbers come out, like enough to be an all-star. The second year, like, they were bad defensively early, and he was exceptional. Like, he was first third of last season, he was justifiably in a Vesna conversation. And then for a six-week stretch around mid-January, he was hands down, without a doubt, the numbers said it, screamed it, so did the fact they were winning games 6-5, the worst goalie in the NHL for six weeks. And that's where Toronto, both you know management and players, lost a little faith. And, I you know... That that should have made you nervous if you were Edmonton. That said, he's not this bad. And like I said, like like for all the attention on Demko right now, Campbell's numbers are notably worse. Um, he's still winning games because they score five a night for him, but his numbers are, are are as he said pathetic. I think this will get better. Him being off to a slow start in Edmonton was so predictable. Because he's a goalie, and this is part of what I don't didn't love about his game. Like when he went on that six-week reverse heater, where he just couldn't stop anything, his game didn't change a whole bunch. Like I went through a ton of film, and his game wasn't that much different. He just on an open look couldn't stop the puck. Like he lost confidence. And as a like if you're a goalie coach, like how do you fix this? 
and part of this is what Demko's going through right now. Like there are little elements here and there of his game, like the way he's settling on on rush chances, the way he's sort of lowering with his chest rather than his legs that doesn't allow him to be as explosive or as quick laterally on those passes that are getting through that needs to be tweaked and that he's working on. But with Camo, it's like, man, like I, I can't see much that's changed here, and the puck's still going. Like, how do you fix that? He's a sports psychologist, not a goaltending coach. And so that was worrisome. But going, he plays a game that is so based on reads. Like, like just watch him play. Watch how much more movement is there. Everything is about reading and reacting and flow and rhythm, and that requires timing. It also requires being able to trust your reads. And this isn't so much about Edmonton and where they are defensively because they haven't been as good under Woodcroft early this year as they were once when he took over last season and down the stretch and into the playoffs. It's more about... Like, goalies can figure out systems in a hurry. It's figuring out unique individual tendencies within those systems. Is this guy going to use his stick to push a guy wide uh, on a rush? Where is he going to try and pinch off or force a pass? At the blue line, at the hash marks or dot, or down low in tight? Little reads and tendencies that it takes a while to adjust to and get comfortable with. And Jack's style of game was always one that was going to take longer for him to adjust to new teammates and a new environment. So I was not a huge fan of the signing just based on the numbers I had. As much as I love, like, you can't help but love Jack Campbell and want good things for him. I didn't love the signing, but he's not this bad, and they need to relax. It will get better there. Uh, I don't know that the ceiling is as high as what they paid for, but the floor shouldn't be this low, and with time he'll get more comfortable and he'll start to play uh, at a much better clip. Kev, before we let you go, tonight's goaltending matchup, whatever it might look like, uh, the crazy part of this is all four goalies available for selection tonight have a sub-900 save percentage. The best of the lot is Spencer Martin boasting a robust 898. So, in light of all that, in light of the fact that uh, Martin played the last game for the Canucks and uh, Cal Pe- shootout. Campbell played the la- last – sorry, not Campbell. Cal Peterson played the last game for the Kings. What do you expect – the goalie matchup to be tonight, and what should be the goalie matchup tonight? I, I, I have a like I have a hunch. Like I said two days ago, I thought it was going to be uh, Spencer Martin again. I have a little bit more of a hunch that it, you know, and again, no intel, but just a hunch it, we might get Demko. Um, and and on the other side, like I just don't know. Quick, quick, quick and. Peterson have both struggled. I think yeah. the fact that Peterson got some traction the other night might be enough for them to go back to him. Uh, I was expecting quick up until that. But, you know, talk about goalies that had success early and have struggled since. Like, Cal Peterson's at the top of that list. Um, this is a guy who I called for a breakout a few years ago. He had the breakout. He got the contract. And it's it's been pretty much, you know, steady downhill since, uh, especially this year. Last year wasn't as bad as it looked. So I have a hunch they need to get him going. And because neither guy's been great, like they don't have – Spencer Martin's played above expected just slightly. Um, he's the only goalie out of those four that has. And so I think the Kings might try and get the, the younger goalie up and rolling here a little bit more coming off a win. And now I will probably be wrong, and it will be Jonathan Quick versus Spencer Martin, and we'll have a one nothing shootout game instead of 7-6 <laughs> because that's hockey. All of it's on record now. We can radio you for all of this. This is good. Well, Thanks. I mean, I sat on the fence so hard my ass hurts, so I'm pretty sure I, I covered every base there. <laughs> I was going to say, it's good material and it's good information, and that's the important thing, Kev. We strive to infotain here on the Halford and Brough Show. Anyway, thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Uh, we'll do this again, not next week, but the week following. 
I uh, look forward to it. I may be a little slow and a little uh, achy by the end of the weekend playing in the Canucks Autism Network. I will, however, deliver a full report on Dan Riccio's skills as a forward and whether or not he back checks uh, after we get through this. <laughs> Sounds good, bud. Thanks. Have a good weekend. You too. Uh, that is Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and InGoal Magazine here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Kev's talking about um, the Canucks Autism Network. I should. This is probably appropriate time to bring this up. Uh, they are currently selling raffle tickets to win the Ultimate Whistler Experience. Uh, it is a prize package loaded with stuff. A stay at Nita Lake Lodge. Uh, there's a Scandinavian spa package. There's restaurant gift cards. There's swag, like Vessi and Arcteryx gift cards as well. Raffle tickets start at just $5 each. Go to CanucksAutism.ca. I was giving you a much longer and more confusing URL earlier in the week. Simple. CanucksAutism.ca. It's the landing page. I believe tickets are on sale until Monday, November 21st. So you basically have the weekend to continue to buy them. Buy them, support a good cause, and try and win a chance to win the ultimate Whistler experience. Brady Henderson is going to join us next to kind of recap the first, well, it's over a half, but uh, first 10 games of the Seahawks season. The Seahawks don't have a game this weekend as they're on a buy, so we'll look forward to the rest of the season and kind of look back on how things have gone, maybe have a little conversation about Geno Smith and his future with the Seattle Seahawks. It's Ask Us Anything Friday on the Halford and Bruff show. Chris, the exterminator, says he sent this one in a bunch of times. I don't remember seeing it, okay. but this is it. If you were about to work out... So just, you have to imagine this one, Halford. It feels like a stretch. If if you're going to the gym for a workout, which playlist would you play? Would it be Murph's Hard Rock? And we all know that Dan Murphy likes metal. Not even hard rock. He likes metal. Metal. He's one of us. Old school, Metallica, et cetera. Uh, Or would it be number two, Cheech's Country? Does he like country music? I don't even know this. For the purposes of this AUA, I'm going to say yes. Cheech or, listens, listens to recipes on tape. Yeah. Like how to make things. <laughs> yeah. Very like, like there's four ingredients yeah. in all of them. Uh, third, the th- uh, three is Riccio's rap. Does, is Riccio big into... Uh, Italian hip hop. Italian. Straight from the streets of Napoli. Yeah. I don't... I th- I'm hoping that this is the second and third options are maybe just like clever uh, alliteration. Right. That's I, it. I, I don't know. The fourth is other. Yeah. Um, I'm going yeah. with other. Honestly, it, dep- it depends for me on what kind of workout I'm doing. Right. Like if you're, if I'm just going for like a casual run on the uh, no horse jokes, please on okay. the on the on the treadmill or the planes. Like I'll I'll have like whatever. I like it doesn't really matter. Just something. But if I'm Going for a nice try, trot. Try if I'm trying to get myself to like lift a weight. Yeah, I I usually need like Metallica to get me to get me to that point where I'm like, all right, Murph's, these Murph's these twenties are going in the air now. Yeah, watch these plates fly, boys. Uh, I think it's Murph's metal makes yeah. the most sense. Yes, it's really. got to be the heavy music. Yeah, it gets you pumped but up. I don't. Yeah, what, do you? You were talking yesterday about uh, the gym, Andy, and I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting." Yeah, turn. I, I had. To, I'm going every day now. I guess I got to get back on track. I've been. I've been bad. Bad this past. Uh, three, don't take three, this the wrong months. way. Don't take this the wrong way. Oh, it doesn't look like I go to the gym. But, I know you just. But no, but like your personality and attitude and doughy exterior doesn't lead me to believe that you go to the gym. <laughs> I have that, to to maintain even some semblance of. Uh, <laughs> 
So you do. You're a gym guy. Well, I mean, I just have to try and stay some in some semblance of shape. Do you lift weights or are you cardio? Uh, I used to back in the day, but I don't anymore. Do mm-hmm. you lift weights? Yeah, once in a while, buddy. Do you? Yeah, it's important. Can't you tell? To stay strong. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes, I can tell. Yeah. I thought you were mostly a cardio guy. Because I'm in terrific shape. <laughs> well, you're, you're thin, right? Yeah. So I figured you were just melting away the pounds, either doing the elliptical or... Some sort of the elliptical. I ne- you never feel more ridiculous than when you're on the the elliptical. Is that the one where you have to yeah, that's my go-to. That's my go-to. Time, yeah. That's your go-to. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you love best. it. Yeah, it looks like yeah. a torture rack. It's yeah. It's, well, the best thing is if it's pointing towards somebody and you just look like an idiot. So you hope to find one that's looking away from everybody <laughs> because it's just so embarrassing. Uh, Brady Henderson is coming up next. We'll talk a little NFL. Talk a little Seattle Seahawks on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.